Remember over the course of the weekend, um, all around the world, people were watching the sky with a wary eye wondering where a Chinese rocket may crash to Earth. We knew it was coming down, and we knew the potential to do a massive amount of destruction was there, but no one knew exactly when or where it might land. In the end, it ended up falling into the Indian Ocean near the Arabian Peninsula, which, you know, spared any on-Earth destruction, but still not ideal, and it kind of begs the question, how does this happen? How can this be okay? Paul Delaney is a professor of physics and astronomy at York University, and he joins us now. Professor, thank you for joining us this morning. appreciate your time. Good morning, Jay. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, so do I have that right? It did, it did end up in the ocean, right? It did. Uh, it re-entered over the Arabian Peninsula, and uh, all of our tracking suggests it dumped harmlessly into the Indian Ocean. We can't be 100% sure that every last little bit ended up there, but certainly that is the indication. Okay, so that's, that's probably the most favorable outcome we could have hoped for. What, just for fun's sake... Uh, not fun, but you know what I mean. What would have happened if that rocket had come down in a populated area? What are the risks we were running? So this was a very large rocket booster. It measured about 30 meters long, about 5 meters wide, and was about 22 tons. And that's why it was being given such a lot of attention, because it was a very big piece of material. Generally speaking, rule of thumb, 80% of the material of a re-entering vehicle that size will disintegrate, will burn up in the atmosphere. So that means 10 to 20% could survive. The thicker, denser pieces of that rocket, particularly its engines, for example, Mm -hmm. might have survived. Well, do the arithmetic, 22 tons, 10%. You could have two tons of material survive. Now, it won't come down as a chunk. It's breaking up as it's flying through the atmosphere. So you're talking about a debris trail or a footprint of material. And... uh, because it is now flying through the atmosphere, it slows down to about 200 kilometers an hour, what we call terminal velocity. So imagine uh, a small little light aircraft, for example, that suddenly falls out of the sky, loses power, and it drops on your house. That's the type of debris damage from the largest possible sections that you could expect. So if, if it landed in the neighborhood, you know, you could uh, damage, perhaps destroy several houses, and obviously if you're in those houses, that's bad news for you. So that's the level of destruction we're talking about from the Long March 5B. Now, this is, this is a crazy situation. We did a story last week with a group that's working on a way of coming up with cleaning up all the trash in the Earth's orbit, but when they start falling from the sky uncontrolled like this, that's, that's nuts. Is this something that we need to be aware of, or is, is this a very, very rare occurrence, or could we see more of this? Because we know there's a lot of stuff up there. Oh, gosh. Okay. Many questions there. Um, debris falling from orbit is happening every day. But fortunately, most of the debris is small. And if okay. it's small, it disintegrates almost entirely during the reentry process. But stuff is falling every day. That's how much stuff is above your head. Uh, material like the Long March 5B, significant size materials that could survive reentry in a significant mass, that's rare and that's good. It should be zero though. Uh, you know, most of the spacefaring nations that are launching today are, shall I say, responsibly getting rid of their bigger trash. So they take up their vehicles and either the first stage doesn't reach orbit and they know it's going to come down like in a, in a big sort of parabolic arc into the ocean or if the second stage or third stage makes it to orbit, they leave enough fuel on board <clears throat> Excuse me, where they can safely deorbit the vehicle. So in other words, they, they fire the engine up after the primary mission and in a controlled fashion, they dump it in the South Pacific. That's the favourite graveyard. Most groups do that. 
a few do not, and China has now shown twice in a row where this vehicle does not have the capability to basically deorbit safely. And that's a problem. It certainly is a problem. I mean, the ultimate endpoint of whatever people are sending into space, you would think should be a consideration in the planning of these missions. It is it because there's a lack of law? I mean, it's not a country we're dealing with here. Is there a lack of regulation or rules in terms of if you're going to put something up there, you have to take every reasonable precaution to make sure we don't end up in a situation like this? I won't say it's a lawless environment, but it is a best practices environment that people around the globe, spacefaring nations around the globe, sign on to voluntarily. Okay. Uh, there is no UN cop, shall we say, that can enforce this thing. Uh, you know, the US doesn't listen to Russia, Russia doesn't listen to China, China doesn't listen to India, etc., etc., etc. But most of these organizations recognize the problem that is being generated and are working hard not to increase the problem. What's up there is already up there and we have to deal with it. And it sounds as if you've already been talking about that. But we don't want to make this problem worse. And so most groups are, in fact, as I say, safely deorbiting. I mean, SpaceX, for example, is the one that gets a lot of publicity these days because they're launching literally two rockets a month at this point. They safely deorbit their second stage. They bring back their first stage, in fact, reuse it. Mm -hmm. That is the standard operating procedure of most groups around the world at this point in time. But it's a voluntary type affair. There's no regulation per se. And what's the barrier to the places that aren't doing? Is it a cost? Is it cheaper to just throw it up there and see what happens? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that's the short answer. Uh, I mean, we can be charitable and say that uh, in this particular instance, China was uh, making changes to their Long March 5B because, as I said, this is the second time they've done this in the last year. Uh, and maybe this time, you know, the mechanism that they've put on board to allow the vehicle to come back safely, deorbiting and so on, failed. But we don't really think that. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully this the, the spotlight that has been shone on this affair will move the Chinese uh, Space Federation to create the right environment for their next Long March 5B launch. Crazy, crazy situation, Professor. Thank you for joining us and giving us a little clarity around what's going on up there. You're welcome, Jay. Anytime. Appreciate your time very much. That is Professor Paul Delaney, an observatory coordinator in the Department of Physics and Astronomy and a professor at the University of York.